Hello, my friend. You're listening to episode 19 of TIPOD. Today, we get the absolute honor of being joined by Fran Moore. Fran is a launch expert and the CEO of The Agency by Fran Moore, which is a firm composed of literally the most badass women who specialize in launching podcasts and courses. I also happen to know Fran on a personal level because she is one of my business besties, and I can tell you guys from personal experience, she is a freaking rock star and a genius. We also happen to have the fact that we're both Enneagram 5s in common, which is crazy because I've never actually been friends with another 5. So I am beyond excited that we get to pick her brain today, not only about her current role as the CEO of the agency, but also about how her experience as a VA and then OBM for some of the best names in the game have helped her shape her leadership expectations and her own leadership skill set and style along the way. And you know what blows my mind in the best way? You're going to hear in this episode that Fran's path to get here has been totally imperfect, yet riddled with major success, and honestly, it's all so relatable that it just hurts. So if you are as excited as I am, let's go ahead and dive on in. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to TIEPOD, a podcast crafted by Tiana Ty to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Ty. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIEPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. All right. So I would love to start at the beginning and really get the picture painted for me. Like, who is Fran and what has your journey looked like so far? Well, I am Fran. I'm also a five as Tiana is, and I am not very talkative or chatty, but today we are going to chat it up. And I also manage, I run my own podcast, so it is interesting. But anywho, um, I am Fran. I run a podcast all about financial freedom and business. And I also run my own company called The Agency by Fran Moore. We do a lot of virtual assistant work and also like online business management. You name it, we might be doing it. So um, we edit videos and it's pretty much just a lot of things I've learned over time. I used to run a YouTube and so I understood how to edit videos for YouTube. I have learned Canva for like the last three years. So we also will create Canva graphics. But for the most part, we are slowly like, figuring out who the agency is and it's more so turning into like a launch expert since we just have all of these skills that kind of everyone looks for when they're going to do a launch and when they have to hire like six different people 
well, we already have all six of them in one place. So that's why I figured we would just like manage launches and manage people's social media from start to finish. Oh, that's amazing. Like just having that A to Z support. Uh, yeah, y'all are going to be like the launch gurus. I can see it in your future for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're trying to go. <laughs> so I happen to know that your background is actually really interesting to me because I feel like, and I've never actually said this to you because for those of you who don't know, like Fran and I are biz besties. So she's the GOAT. Just trust me on that. But I happen to know that your experience, like you kind of alluded to, is very varied, actually. And you, I mean, you've done everything from VA to being an OBM. Like, can you take us through kind of your journey in the last few years? Yeah. So for me, running a business is an experiment. Um, So if you don't understand the brain of a five, a brain of a five is more of a learner. So we kind of we got to wake up every day with a different spirit and not in the sense of like we are multi-personality. It's just more of like, oh, today I can conquer the entire United States. And who knows why I thought that, but today I thought it. And then tomorrow I will think, you know what? I'd be a bomb ass YouTuber, but it just doesn't, it doesn't matter and it doesn't add up. So I started just finally, instead of just thinking about these things, I just started doing it. So I woke up and I said, okay, I want to be a virtual assistant. I hired a business coach like two days after I woke up thinking that. And then we went down the rabbit hole of me being a VA and I realized I hated it because it wasn't a lot of visioning. It was more so just doing tasks for someone else. And it felt kind of like mindless at times. And I realized that I was always looking at their business and I would be like, why are we doing this? This is a waste of time. And I would say like, why don't we do this this way? Why don't we do this that way? Or like, why are we hiring someone else to edit the podcast when I already know how to edit podcasts? It was just like a lot of things that my brain would do for someone else's business. And it it turned out it was just online business management, like being able to look at someone else's business objectively without feelings, without emotion, just looking at it in a raw form. Like, Hey, why are you still writing content this way? It's not working. We're losing followers and things of that nature. And just noticing everything that is, not optimal at the moment and how we can actually make it better is what I was doing. So I transitioned to OBM work on purpose to do more strategy and to think more big picture. But with OBM work came managing someone else's team, which again, my personality did not lend to very well. Um, And it's not because I don't like people. People are fine. It's just like my brain is so focused on one problem at a time and not 26. So it became an issue of like managing like my ability to vision and then managing other people's needs for delegation of tasks and things of that nature to understand what the vision was. So basically in like a short sentence, I woke up one day and said, I'll be a VA and turned into a CEO. So that's how it happened. (laughs) But you know, that, that actually sounded like a dream, like VA to CEO. Let's do this thing. (laughs) Girl, that's about to be a whole podcast episode on my show. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Write it down. That was good. So 
actually, okay, so the people who know me know that my background is actually in corporate, right? And I've recently, and I say recently, it's been a, it's been a little over a year, but I've recently gotten very, very involved in this community and all the entrepreneurs and online businesses have totally stolen my heart at this point, right? But when I say I never fully understood exactly the complexity of what it is to be an OBM, honestly, until I started talking to you. Because it didn't dawn on me that, you know, if an OBM has multiple clients, here you are potentially managing multiple teams with all types of personalities. And you kind of mentioned that, but can you paint the picture for us? Because I feel like a lot of people overlook what that actually means. Okay, so here is the picture of a standard Tuesday for an OBM. So right now I am, I am transitioning where I am moving forward, no longer being an OBM for anyone's team. I'm only just going to manage the agency, but I'm still an OBM at the moment. Like I still have a few clients who um, can't let me go. And I mean, I understand it's hard. It's hard. Change is difficult no matter what you're doing. But so for a standard Tuesday for an OBM, I wake up. And I wake up to like maybe at minimum 16 Slack messages. Now, all of these messages are different. Every message is about something different in someone else's business. Some of it doesn't even have to do with their business. It's just personal. And then others of it is like things are on fire. We need to call the fire department. Please help, Fran. So it's just like daily trying to figure out how to be everyone's go-to girl without wearing yourself down. So basically what I would wake up to is like trying to figure out how I'm going to delegate tasks to everyone for the day. At one point I had like six OBM clients who all had different teams. So it was trying to remember like, okay, for Sally Sue, I never had a client named Sally Sue, but for Sally Sue, um, she needs her team to really be focused on her next launch. And that launch is happening next Monday. So I need X, Y, and Z delivered by the end of tomorrow. And then for, I don't know, David, I don't, I've never managed a man, but, uh, for David, we're over here and we're, we need to really focus on social media strategy. And also somebody accidentally posted the wrong thing on David's um, LinkedIn that should have only ever been seen on his Instagram. And it's very inappropriate for LinkedIn. And then in the midst of all of this, a client calls and says, hey, Fran, I'm pregnant. I'm going to need so much more help with supporting the team. So it's just like every day I did not know what was going to (laughs) happen. And so my brain at some point couldn't keep up with the momentum of like 17 different needs because I am when you're like vision oriented, it doesn't work for you for you to stop thinking about the future to settle in on what's going on in everyone's present that has like almost nothing to do with you sometimes. Some of it, like um, think about being a manager at a McDonald's, like seriously, some of it, it was just kind of like the team can figure it out on their own, but nobody was willing to take the risk. So what would happen is if somebody was just like, where is the post for Instagram for Sally Sue today? I'm not sure where it is. I haven't seen it, but no one would have the balls to just reach out to Sally Sue and say like, hey, I don't know where your post is for today. Did you write it? They would reach out to me and say, Fran, oh my God, I can't find Sally's post. She's going to be so upset. And a lot of it was because they were idolizing these people because they have tons and tons of followers on Instagram 
but for me, it was still a job. Like if we wanted to get it done, everyone needed to put their 100% in and forget about the 50,000 followers she got. We just really need to make sure we're doing our part. So it was just constantly like almost coaching and mentoring people through how to be a VA while I'm over here trying to wear all the hats as the OBM. And that's just really honestly how it feels to be an OBM. And nobody really knows until you actually sit in that spot. Okay, first of all, whole new level of respect because my mind is over here swimming. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So many things have just popped into my mind because like, you know that leaders are the heart of me, right? And I'm always thinking about how can leaders like really adopt that CEO mentality and have a vision and actually lead their team towards that vision to where they do have autonomy and they're brave enough to, you know, speak up when something like Sally Sue's post is missing, right? Like, a qualified and autonomous team could have handled that a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? But to step in as an OBM and then to be as successful as you are and potentially have six different teams, which come with six different, you know, business visions and missions and potentially audiences. Like there may be some overlap, but they also could be totally separate. You know what I mean? So I can see how that would stretch anybody's management capacity to the absolute break. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's like, I need a glass of wine right now. <laughs> yeah. What? So what I happen to know, I happen to have a little bit of the inside scoop. So you did end up kind of consolidating because what you found was essentially managing your own team and bringing that to your clients as like a almost like, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like a prepackaged team, right? Yeah. Ended up working a little bit better for you. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah. I mean, the only reason it really works better for me, it has everything to do with my personality. I think a lot of times people are just like, well, you should hustle harder. You should grind harder. I can't grind to change who I am innately. So it's like at one point I just had to be really honest with myself and say like, my brain does not like this. I feel like, and it wasn't like torture. It wasn't like the end of the world. I mean, I I left corporate America. If you can do that, you can do anything. Right. But, um, but my brain just was not loving it. And I was like, I didn't get into business to do the same thing I was doing there. So when I created my own team, I kind of just trained them to be more like me and to think for themselves because I realized I just don't enjoy like middle level management. Like I don't enjoy the idea of having to remind someone like, hey, this is due tomorrow. I enjoy waking up to messages like I do now from my team on Slack saying like, hey, friend, I did this, this and that, but I want to let you know there was a roadblock here. Here are some options to solve for that. Like they just all think like that at this point. They don't come to me with a problem without potential solutions because I've always told them like, help me out, man. Like I'm not here to do this on my own. Like we all are here to like move forward together. So help me out. If you understand like this zap does not connect to this, please tell me what does. So it's just like continuously training them and giving them the confidence to make like decisions and to not be afraid of me. Like I never want to manage a team where people can't even come and tell me like, Hey Fran, the way you said that was pretty harsh because I am very direct. So like they can come to me sometimes and be like, Hey Fran, can you tone it down? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. I don't even know what happened yesterday, but I'm sorry about that. (laughs) So it's just like 
first owning my own stuff, but then second, also making sure I'm actually doing the stuff I want them to do. Like when they come to me with a problem that they can't solve and it's time for me to decide like how we're going to break it to the client, that's fair. Like that's game one because I created this business. They don't have to take on the client stuff. Like that's, that's on me. I'll take that on all day long, but at least having them support me has been amazing. So the difference between like what happens between my team is I picked all of them. Like I interviewed every single person on my team and selected them for their zone of genius. And we get along very well. Like I'm pretty sure if my team all sat together in one room in a retreat, which I'm sure Tiana will do this soon in the future. But if we were all together in one room, I'm pretty sure it would just feel like good friends who've known each other for a long time. And that's on purpose. But when I was managing other teams, I would just come into a place where they just already existed. So it would be some virtual assistants that people had had for years and they just were like, well, I know she isn't really like keeping up with new technology, but I really enjoy working with her. But in my head, it was just like a business issue. Like if you keep this person who does not have the capacity to move forward and keep up with technology, we have to at least shift them around and what their job description looks like and account for a new person to do the work that we were hoping she could do, right? So it would be things like that where it was just kind of like, I didn't I didn't pick these people to be together and they weren't bad. It was just kind of like they didn't gel. Like sometimes everyone wasn't drinking the same Kool-Aid, right? So like everyone wasn't as sold on the the business vision. Everyone didn't have the same amount of care for like delivering work, but what, com- what it comes down to is the OBM. Like people are just like, well, Fran, why didn't the team do this? Like, why aren't we making sure they're delivering? And why aren't we making sure? Like, it was like actually managing them to go back and say like, hey, where are the graphics for X, Y, and Z? Hey, why aren't we connecting this app to this? Um, Who's supposed to move everything to Kajabi and things of that nature. So it was just, things would just fall apart. And it wasn't just on one team. I noticed it was everywhere when the teams weren't built in a way where everyone worked cohesively. And there were like a few random teams where it was like four of us where we would just be like rock stars and we just had multiple talents. So we would pick up for somebody else, but it still wasn't fair. So it was just kind of like frustrating (laughs) to like watch this happen. Right. But then I would go back to my own team when I couldn't get another person's team to do something. I would go to my own team and say like, hey, can you get this done for me? And they would just be like, yeah, absolutely. Let me know. And then they would even make it better than I planned for it to be. So it was just kind of like, it made more sense. It was like an aha moment. Like I noticed I trust my team so much more than anyone else. And I was like, why don't I just always go into anything? I want to go into battle with these girls and potentially a guy and this guy, like every single like time we only doing this war together. I can't keep fighting all these other wars. So I mean, that's what it feels like to be an OBM. I know some girls who do it amazingly, who can manage any team who'll come in and whip people into shape, but it's just not me. Like I'm not, as Babyface would say, I don't have that whip appeal. Like I can't, I can't come in and I can't like tell people like, Hey, fall in line. I'm more of the girl who will just do it. Like I'll be like, okay, if you're not going to do it, I'll just edit the podcast or I will just edit the video. Like, I don't want to keep begging you, right? But there are some OBMs out here who will have your team running like it is corporate and you'll be amazed. 
I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure charcoal deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands down favorite natural deodorant and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0 and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. Wow. So something that really stood out in what you said to me, I'm, I'm reflecting on like, and I feel like anybody listening to this right now can hear the difference in the tone when you speak about what it felt like to lead and manage your own team versus stepping into that role for someone else. Right. And I want to pressure test something with you because I don't know if this is true, but I'm asking. Okay. (laughs) So my question is, do you feel like when you stepped in as an OBM for existing teams, were you expected to also be kind of that same sort of leader CEO personality who also, you know, gets people to buy into the vision and all of those things that honestly, that's really the CEO's role? Do you feel like that was kind of expected sometimes? Um, I don't know if it was expected. I think in my head, I always knew like if they buy into the vision, they'll do the work. So I naturally understood what I like naturally was just like, this needs to happen. This is how you should see this person. So I would start painting the actual leader in the light that they should have been in. Because sometimes like a lot of these CEOs, like again, they were solopreneurs for a while. So they also have trust issues. So they would just be like, don't worry about it. I'll just do it. So sometimes it did come down to that. So it's just kind of like they already had the go-getter hustler in them. And I just needed the team to see like, you're not hustling alone. Like she also will go get the bag. Like it's not just us. So like it, I think sometimes a lot of CEOs and I, I am guilty of this, even with my own team, like I'll downplay who I am, but Sometimes we don't need to downplay it. We need to like put the spotlight on it and say like, oh my gosh, she did all of this to get to this point where she has all of us on her team. I want to be like her. I want to hustle like this. I want to get to where she is. And once I could get some people to see stuff like that, amazing things started to happen. And when we started to come up with um, incentive plans. So I enjoy a good incentive plan personally. So I was always trying to implement them. So I would tell the CEOs, I would be like, hey, okay, so how about if people are actually reaching their goals every quarter, why don't we like have like something in a pot where people can receive like a bonus or like even just like a free coaching call with you or something? Because again, we're all business owners and contractors. So it'd be dope to just like have a call with somebody who's done it. Right. So I would be like, why don't we appeal to them in that way? Like you just give them a 30 minute call for doing every single thing on time for three months, which I think is crazy. Cause I'm not even that good. So <laughs> if, if somebody made it, why don't we give them a free coaching call? Or why don't we think about doing like a team retreat? If the entire team does a lunch without an issue, 
And so people started buying into that and I liked it a lot. But I don't know if I would ever say that it was worse to manage someone else's business or better to manage my own. I think it's more so about me at that point. In terms of your personality and kind of how you handled the whole shebang? Yeah, and how I process um, feedback, how I process the world in general. So it's just kind of like, I think this works better on the inverse for me. <laughs> so, Oh, girl, you, you know I'm a 5'2", and I'm like, in my head, it's it, I think it's hilarious because I'm literally a team and leadership expert. But in my head, a part of that goes into knowing who you are. And as a 5, I don't ever really want a team of, like, 10 is top dude like I'm not doing it my team's getting <laughs> out of hand be, like they're cute like when they get so big uh yeah so you there is an element of knowing who you are and at what capacity you're going to be able to rock it and then like what's the peak where it's just going to kind of plummet if you cross that line yeah because I think me and you were talking when I finally realized like I just couldn't be an OVM I felt bad because culture was like, you should always want to hustle. But my whole thought process around being a CEO and being a business owner is like, how can I get to two hour work days? Like, yes, I like work, but I don't like work with time, like time constraints and limits. I like to kind of work when inspiration strikes or when I feel like I hear from God. So it's just kind of like hard to be a visionary and to keep learning constantly, and to also be responsible for so much. Absolutely. And I, I think that, that that whole hustle mentality, yeah, I could talk about it forever. But I agree with you, like, there's a difference between working to, like, have an impact, and then, like, living to work. And I can tell that I am not, and you are not, the live-to-work type of people, although we very much care about what we do and what we contribute to the world. Yeah. I mean, I like what I do, but it's, I don't think it defines all of who I am. So like some people, like their business is who they are, right. but I don't, I don't think of my business as that. It's just kind of like, if you ask me, oh, what do you do for a living? That's when I insert my business. <laughs> Other than that, it's, <laughs> it doesn't just naturally come up for me to just be like, oh yeah, I'm the CEO of, no, it never just naturally comes up unless you ask me about it. But when they do ask you about it, they find out that Fran is a badass. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> you are just putting it out there. So um, actually to pivot a little bit, because I feel like we've been really reflective, which is good. This is the season for like reflection. So I'm wondering, what do you wish you would have known before? Because you've kind of had a bit of a it, it's. I won't even call it winding. The actual progression actually makes a lot of sense. But you have had quite a path and quite a lot of success on that path. But I'm still wondering when it comes to building your business and building your team and learning how to manage and all of those things, what is it that you wish you would have known? I wish I would have known that everyone who says hashtag hustle with ease is not saying they're not telling the truth. No, I'm kidding. But um <laughs> I don't know, like, because my brain wants to learn, I just always kind of dive into it head first. And I'm just kind of like, I'll learn along the way. And when I find out it's not for me is the moment I figure out how to pivot. And whenever I want to pivot, I never do it to anyone's detriment. Like all of my OBM clients, I found them a new OBM, trained them for two months. 
and got out of there. Or some of them, I still work for them on their teams. Like I'll come in every three months, we'll do a review and I'll say like, hey, here's what's going on. Like I still do the vision stuff for them, but I'm no longer like hands on every single day managing their team. So I'm not going to leave you hanging high and dry. So like a lot of what I feel like maybe I wish I would have known is that not every day is rainbows and butterflies. Like a lot of business coaches will post on their Instagram, like these really beautiful put together photos and like they're walking down Rodeo Drive. They are in ATL just hanging out in Pond City Market and they are just living their absolute best life. And I was just like, I want to be that girl. And I didn't realize by pointing at that girl, I was signing myself up for countless nights of crying. I was signing myself up for like uncertain financial situations at times. Um, and Tiana knows this about me. I am someone who enjoys having a huge savings account. So at times it can be kind of hard for me to let go of not having as much money as I did once when I was at my nine to five making six figures. So I wish I would have known how long it actually takes for your revenue to become income, right? Instead of it just being, oh, 5K months. Oh, you made 8K this month. Sometimes that 8K doesn't even mean like 3K for you. So it's just kind of like those things. I wish I would have known like how much was going on behind the scenes of that beautiful picture and those beautiful words. Because if y'all follow my content, it's just raw. Like I will tell you straight up. Yesterday I cried because I lost a client and it felt like a breakup. That'll be my, that's my comment. But I was reading comments from people who were saying things like, I woke up today to 17 new discovery calls, two signed clients in a 75K month. And I was just like, wow, that sounds like a dream come true, girl. So it just, it wasn't a lot of like, truth behind what was going on. Yes, they were there, but they didn't tell me the journey. So a lot of what I do right now is just share the journey. That's what I really wish I would have known. We talk about this a lot, like how we wish we would have known what the heck is going on behind the scenes of all these business owners. Man, to be a fly on the wall. And actually, guys, uh, if you paid any attention, you know that Fran has been a fly on the wall. <laughs> yes. As an OBM, you do get the behind the scenes to what actually goes on behind a lot of these businesses. And there's a lot of work and a lot of hard days in it, for sure. My God, so much crying. <laughs> so much crying. <laughs> so I'm wondering, because I think that the great thing about everything that we've been talking about is one, you really are just completely real and raw with your experience. And uh, two, like we're not sugarcoating it. So there may be people listening who want to be an OBM, right? And there may be people listening who are currently a VA and just like really trying to understand what it means to step into that role and lead other people's teams and so on and so forth. So I feel like you've reflected a little bit on what you wish you would have known, but what encouragement would you give somebody who's really just beginning this path and they're trying their best to walk in it with their eyes wide open? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would say, number one, take an Enneagram test, figure out like, and that's not even like woo woo kind of stuff. Like no, once I finally took to do it, <laughs> yeah, once I finally took the Enneagram test and I like 
I could really own who I was. Like, I think at one point I was just trying to figure out how to force myself to be what everyone else was and to, because I mean, I'm a good worker at the end of the day, like I'll do work, I'll produce, but it was just kind of like, I would always feel like some kind of weird sadness by doing like just task every single day and not actually getting to sit down and journal my vision or not getting to read my Bible for the day because I had too many tasks to get done or not getting to just hang out with my husband on a Saturday morning because I'll, all of a sudden a lunch was going wrong that was happening in Bali. And it's now like my Saturday night there, like Sunday morning, and I needed to help out right away. So it's just kind of like really owning who you are is what you need to do. Like I have a friend, Brittany, who me and Tiana were just talking about. Brittany is an amazing OBM. Her brain works so well when it comes to delegation. It's what she likes to do. It's just natural for her. But she also figured it out because she took the Enneagram and she realized she was task oriented and she liked doing list things. And once I realized it was okay to not like to work this much, I kind of just let it go. Like I kind of it was like a weight lifted off my shoulder because I was trying so hard to be the girl that everyone wanted to be on Instagram. So I would say go into this and don't try to be anybody else. Be you, boo. Like if being you, if being you means you like working nine hours a day, go for it. Like I can't hate on anyone who can work nine hours. I can barely work for a straight 45 minutes without needing a break. So it's just kind of like really owning who you are before you step into that role. Um, If I would have owned who I was right away, I probably would have known immediately, do not transition to OBM from BA. But because I was trying so hard to be who I saw, it was hard for me to figure out like the difference between my feelings and what I was presented with. But yeah, there are some rock star OBMs out there like Sarah, what is her last name? Nokit or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Sarah Nokit, she has some great courses for OBMs. I've taken them. They were really good. And if you really want to be a, like a rock ass, like hardcore OBM, you should go talk to Sarah Nokit or Sarah Wiles. She was also a really good OBM. I just don't have the spirit. <laughs> so, but there are plenty of people who are very task oriented who can help you out and guide you in that way. And I think that it's really important that you kind of picked up on the fact that the core skill that an OBM really shines in is being task oriented, right? And I think a lot of times, like what just popped in my head is the fact that we talk about zone of genius and we talk about it in terms of usually the actual, you know, job or role. So like, as a CEO being a visionary, like that's where my zone of genius is. Or as a graphic designer, actually doing design work is my zone of genius. Whereas the business side of things, I would really like to outsource that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I never thought about using Enneagram in the way to really help you realize like, no matter what industry you're in, you can kind of more so narrow in on where your actual daily zone of genius is by being honest with yourself about the type of worker you are and where you actually shine. Yeah, it has changed my life. <laughs> that's, that's next level, Fran. That's next level. I love it. <laughs> oh, 
whole nother level. So, because you have been so gracious to share the real truth behind your journey as VA to an OBM and now to the agency by Fran Moore. So I would love to hear all about even more than you gave us earlier, uh, what you're excited about with the agency right now and what we can all stay tuned for. Oh my God. I'm excited about so many things. Um, and this is why I know this is where I belong, but I'm really excited because we're about to start coming up with um, podcasts, a podcast shop where you can just grab what you need and do your own podcast. Um, if you have never tried to start a podcast and you're thinking about it, it is so much like there's so many things you need. There's so many things you need there. So many things that you don't even know you need until you're trying to like launch your show and you're like, oh, dang. Sorry about that. Oh, dang. There is like a show. I need a show graphic. I need to transcribe this. So we're just going to create a podcast shop where you can go and grab your music. You can grab graphics that you need for your show. You can grab videos and tutorials on how to even edit your own podcast because I mean, it's possible. It's a skill you can pick up. And so just making that more available to people who want it. And then also we're creating like launch plans for people. So you know exactly what to do, when to do it during a launch period and why you're doing it. Because sometimes people don't really explain like why people are showing up on social media. So you think like if I do what she just did, I'll gain the same results. No, you have to know like the psychology behind sales. You also have to understand like your order, like what's your goal at the end of the day? Are you trying to sell to 10 people? Are you trying to sell to 10,000 people? Like those are different strategies, right? So like learning what it really means to launch. So I'm just really glad to like be able to teach people what it takes to make these pretty businesses show up and just give you like the real rap raw. Like here it is. Yes. And you're literally actually like blowing my mind because you really are stepping into your zone of genius. And I feel like there's no better person to actually help people with launching a podcast or launching a new service or offer because you were literally the OBM behind the scenes of some of the best launches ever. It's it's perfect, friend. It's literally perfect. <laughs> I mean, I can't say it is perfect, but it is very close. Me and God have discussed it. <laughs> you have discussed it in great detail, I'm sure. So please tell everybody where they can find you, how they can get in touch, because you have so much goodness to offer everybody. Sure. You can follow me at Fran S. Moore. It's not Fran's Moore. Some people think it is, but just Fran S. Moore. And you can also follow the agency at, at the agency by Fran Moore on Instagram. You can also send me an email if you would like at Fran at Fran-more.com. And then also you can check out Fran-more.com. And there will be so much coming this year as I slowly vision it out. <laughs> uh. I am so excited and I'm sure everybody else is. So can I just say thank you so much? And I genuinely enjoyed just the honesty and the transparency in this conversation. So thank you so much for talking to us today. Anytime. <laughs>